When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Think the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell, and I'm, of course, joined by my friend, Nick Ganbarian. Hey, how are you, Adam? Doing all right. I know you're going to edit that out, but you've never screwed up the intro. Not since before you joined the podcast. (laughs) It's been a tough week. Wow. A lot of things in my brain. Yeah, tough week, for sure. And I'm male, so Jesus. (laughs) But yeah, happy to be here. It's just the two of us here as far as uh, hosts go, but we're joined by two guests that I'm super excited to introduce. We have Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained and Lacey Gillerin of the Resistance Broadcast. Welcome. Hello, hello. How's it going? Excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome back, Lacey. You were, you, Thank I feel like, you. Lacey, you were on when I kind of almost just started. I was probably like within a month of me being I on, don't know what time here. is anymore. I feel <laughs> like Robin Williams every day in Jumanji, yeah. like, what year is it? <laughs> like, I don't even, you, if you asked me like when that was, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> the before times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was two make solo two happen days ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah. almost like <laughs> 2019 then. We started in 2020, so... Then 2020. Yeah, whatever year it is. Now, minus two. The lost year. Yeah. (laughs) But welcome back. The dark dark times. times. (laughs) Yeah. So we, if you listened last week, planned on doing a full season recap of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series this week, but things happened in America, which everyone should know about unless you just emerged from some cryogenic freeze And even if you did, you should know, stuff went down. And um, since that went down, and we'll talk specifically later about it, but the topic is relevant. Since that went down, I haven't been able to personally think about anything else. I haven't been able to post about anything else on social media. If you've noticed, the Thank the Maker feed has been very specifically curated to what's going on now. So given that, we felt it appropriate to, rather than just go back to business as usual, bring some female voices from the Star Wars community onto this podcast to talk about the women of Star Wars. So that's what we're here for, to talk about the women of Star Wars who, in my humble male opinion, are the pillars of the franchise and some of the characters that I connect with most on a lot of levels. So we've got Molly and Lacey here to give us their perspective and, and have, a, have an empowering conversation. So welcome. Happy to be here. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Let's do this. So I guess broadly speaking, broad brushstrokes, just to kind of kick it off, what do sort of the the major female characters in Star Wars mean to you? And who was your first female Star Wars character that you kind of connected with most? What's your, and you could throw a little bit of your, of your lifetime Star Wars story in there as well, and just kind of give us your perspective. Go ahead, Molly. Oh, man major female characters in Star Wars, you're, you're absolutely right. They're like the backbone of Star Wars. And they played a huge part in letting girls have other girls as role models 
and that's essential to to growing up as as a woman. So I don't remember exactly when I saw the original trilogy. I know my parents had like that gold VHS box set, but growing up, Leia obviously was like amazing to see on screen. She knows what she's doing. She's kicking butt. She's like, the guys come to rescue her and she's like, what are you doing? They're just bumbling around Mm -hmm. like idiots. And she's like, all right, here's the plan. We're going to do it. So her place in all of this is really important to just all of Star Wars. So I always loved Leia growing up. The prequels came out. I was kind of like the perfect age for the prequels. I was 12 when episode one came out. So I loved them. I wasn't really into Star Wars as much, though, during those years. It was more so like when I was younger and then uh, once I met Alex in like 2007, I got back into it. And when I found out about The Force Awakens and about Rey, I was like, oh, this is this is my chance to like really immerse myself in Star Wars and just completely fell in love with the character of Rey. She means so much to me and she was the spark that I needed to say like, okay, now I feel like I can be a part of this fandom. I feel like I I have something to really cling to. I can feel like I belong. So that's kind of when my fandom kind of skyrocketed after that. That's awesome. How about you, Lacey? I've been a Star Wars fan for, for a while. Uh, I really got into it around first or second grade. Um, I was at a local grocery store here in the Northeast uh, called Stu Leonard's. <laughs> it's like a, a, a like a cow-themed <laughs> dairy store. Um, and they used to have a movie section. And in the movie section was the VHS set that's blue and black with Vader's mask on it. And I had asked my dad what that was. And he said, it's Star Wars. And I said, I want it. And he said, okay. My older sister has listened to my podcast and corrected me that he did get it for me, but I didn't get it until Christmas is what Mm. she specified. And I was like, okay, well, I still got it. She was like, yes, of course, but Christmas. (laughs) Um, But I got it for Christmas. And then I kind of just fell in love with it in the original trilogy. Uh, I really connected with Leia. I had always been into like Disney princesses and stuff and like kind of like more on the probably girly girl side is what people would say. Um, And then I found Star Wars and it just turned into like, oh, I can be a princess and kick butt. I can save myself. I can talk back to people and not wait for them to talk, which was like a big deal for me because I'm very talkative. And I just immediately knew that that's the type of person I wanted to be growing up. I wanted to be someone that fought for what they believed in was outspoken, didn't stop doing what was right or fighting what they believed in, no matter what kind of obstacles were in their way. And I used to run around pretending I was Leia's daughter and like going on missions for her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, from there, the prequels came out. I fell in love with uh, Padme and and Queen Amidala and Again, royalty. It's like, how can you not want to be royalty? Um, But also because she was so tough. Again, she was running around with blasters. She was taking on the fight. She wasn't afraid of people. She was, again, sticking up for what she believed in. And then the sequel trilogy came out, and here we have a woman that's a Jedi. It was everything I could ever have wanted growing up. And when she grabbed that lightsaber from Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, when I was in the movie theater, I literally gasped out loud and like really loudly. <laughs> my, my now husband was like, can you not please? <laughs> it, it just meant so much to me because it was something that I'd always wanted growing up. You know, you see Luke and he's great and he was my childhood hero, but to see Ray do it, 
meant a lot to me and even more, not to get too mushy, but uh, to know that little girls were growing up and that was their Luke, like that was their Jedi, was just so empowering to know that like this is people's first Star Wars. Like this is their generations of Star Wars and it wasn't driven by a man. It, it was a woman and she was strong and she, you know, she fought guys in The Force Awakens and don't hold my hand. I don't need to take your hand. Mm-hmm. That meant a lot to me because a lot of times women are depicted a certain way in film and television that they need to be saved, that they, that a man needs to come in and, and save the day and take care of them. And these characters, especially in Star Wars, have proven time and time again that they don't need that. And uh, it just meant a lot to me. Still does. Yeah, every time I think of that scene from Force Awakens where she catches the lightsaber, I just have to think of it and I still get chills. Yes. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that Star Wars has gotten right, whether it's the George years or Disney years, is that it, it seems as if it's always been presented as, yes, there's oppression out there, but it's generally good versus evil. And it's it's never been presented that women or lesser, you know, it's like almost like post sexism in Star Wars. It's just there. there's characters. Absolutely. Like Molly was saying, A New Hope. Yeah. When they show up to save her, she's like, wait, where, what? Get out yeah. of my way. Like <laughs> taking charge. And yeah. I loved that because it was really for me at such a young age, the first time I'd seen a woman do that in movies where mm-hmm. she was just like, no, I'm doing this. Yeah, and exactly. then it drove what I eventually liked, which is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is what mm-hmm. I fell in love with right after that. So it kind of drove my like for really strong female women characters mm-hmm. uh, in TV and film. I feel like we're like almost the same person because I got really into <laughs> Buffy too. <laughs> Buffy was my jam. Oh yeah, still is. I need to go back yeah. and watch Buffy. So many people... I'm, of course, a huge nerd, and Buffy's on that short list of things that I haven't seen where every time I I'm meet sorry, someone... I'm sorry, you're a nerd and you have a Star Wars podcast? <laughs> have you heard of it? Weird. I'm a nerd. Uh, you're nerdier than me because you don't even like... I like one sport. You don't even like any sports whatsoever. I don't I'm like ball. the jock around here. <laughs> Super jock vibes, dude. It makes me uncomfortable. Anyway, we could go a couple different directions with this conversation. We could talk about Ray, which I, I definitely do want to do, but... I think it's important to, to point out, I think maybe Molly mentioned Star Wars kind of broke the mold in a way in terms of what, Lacey or Molly, one of you said this, but you will agree. We both said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're the same person. Yeah. Don't that's going to happen more and more. <laughs> so the female diet in the force that's on the podcast right now said that Star Wars broke the mold and the character that George wrote was kind of the first self-rescuing princess and there, that precipitated a trend that, you know, was almost immediately followed by Ripley and Alien and, and many other powerful female, female characters to follow. We're all too young to know kind of what it was like before, but were either of you conscious of that as a kid, that there was something different about Leia? Or was it just, oh, I like her because she's like me and I'm like her. You know what I mean? Was there, was there yeah. conscious awareness? I think there was for me because my parents were both older. They grew up in the late 40s, early 50s. So they loved old movies. And I remember being a kid and seeing King Kong. And like that's like one of the most iconic depictions of the true damsel in distress. Right. So knowing about that as a little kid and then starting to see a change from a movie like that to Star Wars, uh, Lois Lane and Superman, Marion and Raiders, obviously Ripley, 
it was so cool to see the change happen. And yeah, we were, I was too young to really get it. But I was like in that perfect sweet spot where I'm like smart enough to and, and old enough to understand like, oh, this is great. And like, I would hear my mom say like, oh, the characters in these new movies are amazing. And like, they give us hope as, as women to like kick butt and stuff. And so that's awesome. I think because they were older and I, I did watch a lot of stuff that they liked growing up. So getting to see that change was was really cool. I, I, I recognized that something was going on because I, I was very much into Disney movies and like kind of like little kid stuff like that. And to see this movie, you had a princess who was talking back to people and standing up to the villain and then was running around with a blaster. And I had never seen that before. And I knew that that's what I wanted to be. And it was very jarring for me because I was like, well, I want to have a lightsaber, but girls don't get lightsabers because obviously she didn't have one. But the idea that she was running around and fighting with the guys, even though she was a princess to me, really stood out because I was used to like the bells from Beauty and the Beast and kind of like those, you know, Alice in Wonderland, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, where they were waiting for someone to come help them. And Leia was to an extent but you have to think that she was constantly churning in her brain, how can I get out of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, uh, yeah, they helped her get out of the detention room, but she helped them get out of the Death Star is like a big deal. And just the action of her telling them to like basically shut up all the time, like I had never seen that before. I was like, oh my God, she's mm-hmm. just like openly saying whatever she wants and she isn't waiting for direction. She's taking charge. Like I love that. And I I honestly think it drove me as a person, uh, which my parents will probably agree with and my friends and family and stuff of like who I am, where I'm like, I'm taking charge. I, I'm doing these things because mm-hmm. um, that's what Leia would do. Yeah, and even before we see a lot of that stuff, like when they really start fighting, her first line in A New Hope is, Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. Like she's talking (laughs) back to Vader and that's her first line. That's the first thing you see of her. Who just mowed down a hallway of rebels, which we (laughs) find out later in life. But yeah, Yeah, so immediately her her first scene is just like, of course, of course you're here rolling her eyes and stuff and, and speak like talking back to Tarkin. So you think about who those dudes are supposed to be in the galaxy, like the kind of top military general and this big evil, dark figure, this henchman of him, you know, holy shit, this 19 year old girl. It's amazing. <laughs> and what they're capable of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And like getting to, to find out later in the, I think it's the Leia princess of Alderaan book where we discover that, she has that like slight British accent, but she's doing it to mock them. Yeah. <laughs> and just learning little tidbits like that later mm-hmm. on. It's like, oh, perfect. I do like too in the, you know, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, the the little bit we get to see with Bale and Brea of how supportive they are of what seems to just be her natural like attitude, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, especially in the last episode where she puts on the belt and the holster and Brea is like, I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it, it, just giving freedom to anyone really, but especially in in this instance, uh, Leia to to be who she is and and just support the the path that she's going to have over the next, you know, I guess the rest of her life that we we see on screen. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, being supportive of people at a young age is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved all the stuff with that Bale says to her and Kenobi. Just yeah. like 
there are other ways to lead. It's, he's just like planting so many like little seeds mm-hmm. in her mind at that point and just being a great dad. <laughs> Let's talk about Kenobi for just a moment and, and Leia's role in it. First question unrelated to like the, the larger topic here. Did either of you expect Leia to be this basically the central core story of the whole thing? Did you see that coming at all? I had heard rumors that she was in it, but not this much. I thought yeah. it was going to be like a quick cameo type thing, but I loved what they did with it. Same. Yeah, I I try to stay away from rumors, but people will just kind of send them to us and ask us like, oh, did you see this? So same. Like I didn't know to what extent we would get Leia, but after that first episode, I was like completely floored getting mm-hmm. to see Alderaan and just like how much of Leia we got to see. It was really, really cool and unexpected, but also I was like kind of hoping it would be her that is the reason why Obi-Wan has to leave Luke on Tatooine. Yeah. That's a great reason mm-hmm. to leave. <laughs> yeah. That very fact was the one thing that made us feel so duh about the whole thing <laughs> when it happened. Like, of course, like if there's anything, if there's any legitimate story device that they could use to justify taking this dude off this planet, it's going to be Leia. Like it was just right in front of our noses the whole time. And they executed it in a way that I'm just, I'm so over the moon, thankful and appreciative that we got this series. Hmm. It's some of the best Star Wars period ever, hands down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved all the connections they'd made to A New Hope, which was, (laughs) I think as Star Wars fans, we were all a little nervous, like, how are they going to explain this? And they did everything perfectly from at the end where he hugs her and he's, she's like, will you see me again? Will you see each other again? And he's like... Probably, but don't let anybody know we know each other. So it like yeah. explains her message later on of like how she's acting like she doesn't know. But then in A New Hope, she goes, Ben, where? Like she yeah. does know him. And it just, everything is perfectly like tied up with a bow of like how it makes sense that they know each other, but they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to cry. And it makes that moment where when Obi-Wan does see that Luke and Leia are reunited. Oh my God. That oh, moment yeah. where that one little look, it makes that whole scene like so much better. So good. Mm -hmm. I loved, uh, you know, just speaking about Leia being in the series, kind of going over our heads pre us all seeing it. Just the everyone at celebration on Friday was like, duh, we're all so dumb. Why did we see that coming? (laughs) Like everyone was like, oh man, we're we're silly. How how didn't we get that? (laughs) The one scene that I, I felt like, number one, it was the most emotional scene that I've ever watched on television in my life. But two, it was the most, one of the most powerful and empowering scenes ever was when Ben says goodbye to Leia and tells her about her parents. And I, I can't quote any of it cause I'll cry. <laughs> so um, <laughs> maybe talk about that, the two of you and how you emotionally reacted to that and how important that is saying those words and validating her and setting up also that character. And it's just, I have to shut up. You talk now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really nice because you, you can see a couple of moments throughout the series where Obi-Wan is like, oh, I wish I could tell you the full story. Like, I want to tell you about Padme and Anakin and, you know, there's just no time. And also, like, that would be a very long conversation. And by the time we get to the end, it's kind of like, here's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And here's all the reasons why they were great and why like they passed these great things on to you so she kind of is like after that she can accept the fact that she is an organa even though she knows that those aren't her real parents she knows she got the best of both worlds from 
her mom and her dad. And so, like, that's that's great somewhat closure for her to just live her life knowing that she got all the best attributes of, of uh, her parents, her real parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it to me, it immediately made me think of The Rise of Skywalker where Luke is explaining how Leia kind of, it didn't bother Leia that Rey was a Palpatine even though she knew because she knew herself what it meant like coming from someone that dark and how she made her own choices and found her own family herself. So that's where you see, you know, Bale and Brea, they've taken her in. That's her parents now. And you get that moment where she's like, I've heard enough. You know, I've, I'm good. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she brings that with her through her life of this is who I am. And then passes that on to Ray of, hey, it's okay to come from someone that isn't great. That doesn't define who you are. Um, and this moment just reiterated that for me. And it, it really... It meant a lot to me because it was just like with the Star Wars community in general, you know, growing up, I was always kind of not really finding my way when it came to like, um, I don't know, like fitting in. I was never like cool. <laughs> so, it, you know, later in life when I found the Star Wars community, I found the podcast community. I finally found like my people, my family. It it kind of helped me like, okay, it doesn't matter where I've come from. It's where I am now and who I'm with now that matters. And now you're the coolest. <laughs> Thank you so much, Molly. That means Full so circle. much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody who was cool in elementary and high school, they all peaked. They're done. Nerds <laughs> end up at the top regardless. Yeah. There's also the component, I think, about the way he, he validates her that I think speaks to everything that she's done in her life where people have probably told her that she's stepping out of bounds or she's like crossing a line or she's not doing what she's expected to as a princess or something, you know, kind of breaking all of those stereotypes get her the ladder yeah (laughs) yeah so that validation that everything you're doing that most people are telling you you should dial back or you should isn't ladylike or whatever a princess is expected to do that is you and you should embrace it and it it's not only you but it was it came from your parents who were wonderful people and i i love that scene where i think it's i don't i don't know who what the kid's name was but in the first or second episode where her cousin her cousin, yeah, yeah, where she's she just like completely tells him off yeah. to the point where he's speechless and like wasn't expecting it and now doesn't know what to say. And yeah. it's kind of like she is asking for forgiveness and not permission after the fact, like when her parents are like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And she's like, I know, but <laughs> he needed it. So <laughs> there's something else about Leia that I've heard people talk about a little bit. And this is, I I think there's, it's a catch 22, like a lot of things when it comes to how women or are portrayed or how women's career paths may go and the the challenges. It's the portrayal of a, of a strong woman. Some filmmakers, for example, if we're talking about movies would lean into an Ellen Ripley or Sarah Connor kind of very masculine, powerful woman. But then there's Leia who is very clearly, I mean, she's a princess, and she's a badass, and George obviously wrote that in a, in a juxtaposed way on purpose because it's more compelling, I think. Mm-hmm. And the way she's in this pure white dress, and she has this strange but very proper hairdo, you know, and she's got this nice silver belt, but then she's got a blaster and she's barking orders and shit. I think it's so much cooler. Not that Sarah Connor and Ripley aren't badass because those are two of my favorite characters as well but there's something there and there's something in that conversation that sometimes I think can be can kind of hold women back and hold 
female character growth back if you try to focus on what's specifically right or wrong about a portrayal? Do you have any thoughts about that, either of you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it goes back to Obi-Wan telling her all the best attributes that she got from her parents. She knows how to be feminine and a princess, but she also really broke the mold when it comes to what a princess should look like in film. Yeah, but let us not forget the original Leia um, Kenner action figure. She had some muscles. She was pretty ripped. (laughs) Swole. She was pretty swole. (laughs) Well, I think she kind of set the... It's interesting because Leia is obviously Padme's daughter, but Leia set the stage for Padme to come later with the prequels because Padme was, I think, even more so pushed into the fashionable feminine character that then had a blaster and took control and was like, no, you're following me. No, we're doing this. I'm on the side of like, I think a character, like a female character can be whatever she wants to be if it calls for the story. But I do think that there is something to be said that I just like female characters that have really cool costumes and you can't beat the costumes in Star Wars. They're just the best of the best. So uh, I will always take a... uh, a Padme or a Leia over probably more of a tougher character because they're usually just wearing a, a white tank top and some pants <laughs> <laughs> and like a bandolier or something like they're not really fashionable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just like that side more. Yeah. And like all of Padme's outfit changes are just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think what's cool about, I mean, that whole side of the family anyway, between Padme and Leia is that they both are royalty and they are sticking up for people. You know, like I, I think if you if we get a little bit more into real world politics, like we're hurtling towards there being even more of a ruling class than there already is. And it's all about stripping rights away from people. It's not yeah. about none of those people are sticking up for a majority of the country. And and that's something that Padme as a senator, for sure, covered. And same thing with Leia, whether she, all of her roles of being a junior senator, senator, general, Jedi, whatever it is, she's all about sticking up for the people who have less of a voice. And and uh, I guess that just runs in the family. But it's it's definitely something that we don't have currently is people in power sticking up for people who don't have power. Yeah. And that's such a theme in Star Wars across the board. You know, Ahsoka is like one of the best examples of someone who vocalizes that over and over and over that being a Jedi is about helping people. There's there's another strong female character we haven't even mentioned, like the <laughs> central character in Clone Wars, as far as I'm concerned. Obi and Annie are, are obvious, but yeah, she's the one. I was thinking of Clone Wars because that's when you get to see a lot of the the nitty gritty stuff that Padme is actually fighting for and like all the politics that Padme is involved in and Specifically, not too long ago, I remember watching the, towards the end, uh, Ahsoka's trial, where Padme is the one that's kind of like sticking up for her and trying to help them realize that like she wouldn't be capable of of bombing the Jedi Temple and people just don't want to listen to it. But I loved that episode so much because Padme is the one to be there representing her and sticking up for her. Yeah, and then we have characters like Jin. We haven't really talked about Jin at all, who yeah. against all odds and all the different characters, which are mostly men, were telling her not to do things. Like she was the person that was like, no, we're doing this. If you're coming with me, you're coming with me. If you're not, okay. And then they were convinced to go along with her. 
I think she's another really strong character that has made such an impact, not just in Star Wars, but in the fandom as like a symbol of when something seems like all the, you know, everything stacked against you, that doesn't mean it's over. That just means that you need to pivot and come up with a new plan to fight for what's right. Um, I did want to mention, though, you had said that princesses and like characters like Leia and Padme are kind of expected to kind of be there, be royal, don't say anything, just go along with what's meant to happen or what people think is meant to happen. And I don't know if Molly feels this way at all, but over the past week, I've personally felt this way that being a part of the fandom, and I'm not saying this is everybody, it's obviously like a small section of fandom. I've been definitely experiencing when speaking out about something that has affected me and the other women in this country and other trans non-binary people as well, speaking out about it, I've gotten a lot of people kind of taken aback by it. They're like, wait, why are you saying this? Like, you're just supposed to sit there and talk about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it gets to a point that you're just like, it gets, this is beyond Star Wars. Like, this is outside of that. Like, I can talk about Star Wars, but it gets to a point that what's the point of talking about this movie about political things <laughs> and, and fighting for what's right and, and sticking by uh, people that are struggling if I'm not going to lead that in my own life? And I don't know if you felt that way at all, Molly, but I've had a ton of people this week be like, why are you talking about this? Why are you, you know, you're just supposed to like Star Wars. Like, just sit there and post pictures of your toys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've, I've definitely felt it, too. And it's like when people say stuff like that, we're, we're beyond the point of trying to explain to them just how political Star Wars is. It's like, right. all right, you're you're <laughs> it, this is a losing battle. Like, it's not even worth trying to tell people that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's really frustrating when people are like, you know, keep this stuff out of it, you know, only post Star Wars stuff. I don't come here to listen to you talk about women's rights. And I'm like, okay, then leave. Unfollow me. Unsubscribe. Then maybe don't watch Star Wars or Get watch out. it again and pay more attention. <laughs> it's called like, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's It's pretty infuriating because from a very early time when we started the channel, I wanted to be like, out, more outspoken about just like human things and like I wanted us to have our faces on camera and for people to be able to get to know us so having to hear people say like I don't want to hear you talk about this like well then go somewhere else block me I yeah. don't know <laughs> <laughs> well they're, they're just outing themselves to to obviously that they don't agree with you so it's just like then just say that like you don't yeah. have to use this like I mean, it's not cryptic, but this like secret code of like, I just come here for Star Wars. It's like, no, you're you're outing yourself as a bigot. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's just, that's all you're doing. Yeah, it's every time something comes up that is not Star Wars related that I want to post about, people make it very easy for me to figure out who, need, who I need mm -hmm. to block and who yeah. is cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it just, I, I will curate my, my Twitter accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to stick by these characters when you don't do it yourself. Like, mm -hmm. who yeah. am I, if not a hypocrite, if I don't stand by what Leia or Jin or Padme or Rey would have done mm -hmm. in the movie that I claim to love so much? It yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know about you, Adam, but I mean, you know, we're... My band's not the most outspoken band, but it's not like we're anti-flag or something like that. It was clearly a political band, but we we do certain things. And it, it, when people say, like, stick to music, it's it's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. I'm like, you 
follow Star Wars, you follow band, whatever you follow, it's pretty obvious what people stand for. So for someone to say, stick to band, stick to your music, stick to Star Wars, it's like you are, to repeat myself, you're just outing yourself that you don't agree. So just say you don't yeah. agree. Don't hide behind this, oh, I'm doing something wrong. It's like projecting right. that the other side is wrong for doing, for speaking up. It's like, no, own it. Just own what you are and you don't agree. Say that. Put that on the internet. Say you don't agree. You won't yeah, do and it. <laughs> I, I said this the other day. It was kind of nuts. Like over the weekend, uh, we recorded an episode of the Resistance broadcast. It was me, John, and James. It had been a day since the ruling came down. And I was sitting there and I was like, in this moment, I have less rights than I did the last time we recorded. And I'm not as equal as the two guys that are sitting here with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not viewed as equal in many places in this country now. That is insane to me. Mm -hmm. So it yeah. was like this really kind of like emotional, depressing moment of like, okay, what's next? Because this is not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I, I saw it from a lot of other people too. Like and I tweeted it as well. It's like, it was hard for there for a while there to, to talk about Star Wars because you just become so deflated and you're like, there's so much on my mind right now that like, yeah, I, I talk about Star Wars for a living, but I just don't want to talk about it right now. And I saw a lot of other people posting kind of the same thing. But yeah, sometimes you just got to take a break and think about real stuff. But then, like you said, also think about how the characters in Star Wars started a rebellion time and time again and rose up to the occasion and fought for their rights. Right. Yeah. Even when things seemed absolutely just impossible to overcome, when it was at the darkest of the dark, you know, there there was always hope, which can feel like bullshit when you're in real life, just the idea of hope. But <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you can't really do anything without it. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot to be said for looking at this thing that we all love so much and and trying to align with it in real life. Because like Nick's saying, we we as musicians, artists, content creators, we don't just make this stuff in a vacuum. We're not slaves that have to just create the thing to give to the people and shut our mouths. We, we don't like, we, we aren't AI bots creating this stuff. We're human beings who live on earth who are experiencing these things either directly or with our loved ones. So we're going to speak about it, especially when it, when it comes to like basic human rights that are for the first time in a long time, not being added to as we go into the future, but being removed. We're like rolling back the clock. I, I personally can't just sit by and just do, do, do here's my job. Mm -hmm. Everything is cool. It's just, it doesn't work. Check like out this Star Wars cereal. You're like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you, you talking about hope made me look up the, the Holdo quote from uh, last Jedi when she says, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it, when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that I have never felt more attached to that quote than recent in recent <sighs> times. And it's, you know, it's, like you said, where they're rolling stuff back, they're taking things away. Mm -hmm. And if they can do that for this, they can do it for a lot of other stuff. So it, it everyone should be scared yeah. that this is happening. I want to talk about a couple more things before we wrap up. Um, one, we should just mention a handful of other prominent female characters in Star Wars. I'm going to mention folks on <laughs> the light side of the battle primarily. And we mentioned Jyn Erso, Mon Mothma, of course, is a huge one. She, she and Leia were at the top of the rebellion. It was led by these two amazing, powerful female characters. So excited for Andor. So excited yes, for Andor. Yes. yes. 
she looks amazing and uh, she's just badass and I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Baru Lars, we now know, is a total badass too. <laughs> she's like Rambo. <laughs> With her weapon yeah. stash. She is packing. Speaking of Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it puts a whole new perspective on when we see Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru at their end. Like, you know they put up a solid fight. There's probably yeah. a pile of stormtrooper bodies just beyond right, the Lars yeah. homestead. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and dude, the looks they exchanged at the table mean so much more now too. Mm-hmm. You know, the way they wrote the characters in this series, just, just like everything else in the series, it, it just, it elevates and, and uh, enhances every line, every look, every shot, especially in A New Hope. It's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing the looks that they've dialed into. Like, I get lines and stuff, but, like, even just, like, glimpses and moments, you're like, wow, this one two-second part means so much more. I also think it's important to show this kind of happened a little bit with Jen because when we first see her, she's had been arrested, and then they list out all of her crimes. (laughs) And characters like Dr. Afra. I think it's important to show characters that are kind of, like, morally... mm, are they good yeah. today or are they bad today? And or Tala. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah, Tala, Reva, uh, Ventress is a good one too where we were introduced to her and we see just how manipulated she was yeah. her whole life. And then, you know, if you read Dark Disciple, you get to experience the other side of that, like how she came out of that and eventually made it back to the light side. And it's... It's few and far between to see characters have a redemption arc and then see them get to live it out afterwards. Like, I was so glad that they didn't kill Reva because of that reason. I was like, yeah, me too. I would love it if they would show us what her atonement looks like. Cause they, I mean, that's kind of what Tala did. She was in part of the Empire and now she's helping yeah. the good guys in the past. Right. Lastly, I want to talk about, I, d- I just want to give you this time to respond. And show your love for Ray, Ray Skywalker. Say her name. Mm-hmm. We've already talked a little bit about her, but the idea that she, her character is a Mary Sue, is obviously so obviously rooted in like this curmudgeonly sexist. Your Star Wars is not my Star Wars kind of bullshit. That's very male driven. So maybe talk a little bit about her character, and if you want to specifically shoot down why the character is not a Mary Sue, and make comparisons if you like. We've we talked. To, quite a bit about that ourselves, but I think this is a good time to reiterate. I mean, if, if we're going to call Ray a Mary Sue, then we should call Luke a Mary Sue too. Or what is yeah. it? Gary Sue? Case closed. <laughs> Gary Sue. Yeah. It's, it's such a dumb argument to say yeah. like, oh, well, Luke is awesome and we love his story. Ray is awesome. But like, why though? Why did she know <laughs> these things? Why did she know how to fly a plane? And you know, you go back and you're like, why did people become, like, why was... Luke made a general in the rebellion, like <laughs> able to blow up the Death Star in one try. <laughs> like, what's going yeah. on? He never left Tatooine. You know, he had dreams of leaving, but he never went anywhere. He never had to fight for his survival like Ray did. He was just kind of there and got lucky. And so it's really just such an eye roll moment when people bring up the whole Mary Sue stuff because I'm like, you're just looking for a reason to be mad and to hate these female characters yeah i guess i'm you know i knew i knew when the force awakens came out that these conversations were happening and i was just like no (laughs) 
<laughs> I deny your conversation. <laughs> but that being said, like even thinking about it now and where the sequel trilogy went, I don't know how they could argue for it at this point because everything that she does, there's an explanation for it. Like she was able to fight, which they show at the beginning of the TFA, because she had to. She was surviving. She was fighting Tito and his his guys and Uncar Plutt and his guys. And she was left there, what, when she was six, eight? What was Something it? Like Pretty that. little. But like she's climbing, you know, ships. She's barely eating. She's basically feral on this desert planet <laughs> yeah. living her life. And they're like, I don't understand how she could fight. <laughs> well, if she doesn't know how to fight, how is she going to survive against all these crazy, terrible scoundrel people that are taking her her food, probably trying to take her home, like all these things. Um, and then the force awakening part where they're like, how was she able to fight Kylo Ren? Clearly, she had fighting experience with her staff, so mm-hmm. that helped her there. Also, again, going back to Luke Skywalker, he had no training, and he survived against Darth Vader. Like, I, I don't understand how someone could be like, oh, well, this works and this doesn't. And it's yeah. like, okay, but neither of them had proper training. That's the whole point of the story. Even going into The Last Jedi, she didn't have proper training. That's why she continually gets asked by men if they, she wants to be trained. And it's awesome <laughs> that Leia is the one that trains her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that character just means so much to me uh, as someone that's liked Star Wars basically their whole life to know that there is a character that is a woman who's a Jedi that didn't need anybody's help. And Yoda even says that to Luke Skywalker. She has what she needs. She's on her own. You don't need to help her. Let her do her thing. She just, she means a lot. And I and I really hope we get to see more of her character soon. Uh, it's a little depressing that we're only seeing her in Lego Star Wars movies. Yeah. <laughs> like hoping we see more of her. Because I just think there's so much more there now that the Skywalker stuff has kind of ended. She can now go and and, and be the best Jedi and, and go on her own adventures and have her own experiences that aren't tied to some other type of history or family or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Show us what a Jedi order would look like when someone like Rey is in charge. Like show us what that looks like. How show us the yellow be. lightsaber at least because we got it for like <laughs> yeah. two seconds. Yes. I would love to see her fight with it or train with it or anything. Right. Anything except <laughs> turn it on. <laughs> I love thinking about the future of her character and all the others in the sequel trilogy, given the fact, the objective fact that like you said at the top, Lacey, she is this generation's Luke Skywalker. Kids growing up with the sequel trilogy will be, they are as compelled and they will continue to be as compelled and as connected to the sequel trilogy. And not just little girls. I want to make right. that clear. Kids, yeah. all ages, all genders, everyone loves Ray. Yes. They're as connected as prequel era fans were, and they're also just as persecuted as prequel era fans were, and just as invested as original trilogy fans were. It's, it's all about perspective when you experience these things and what bias or lack thereof you bring into it. So I I just, I can't wait for the day that we have just like, you know, the Ahmed best moment at celebration 2019. I just seeing him get all that love was like one of the most moving things I've ever seen. So I'm looking forward to the day when the sequel trilogy fans are cast, especially Daisy Ridley and, and Ray, the character get, the love they deserve. Yeah. And a lot of those fans are already in their teens. If you think about it, cause the movie came yeah. out in 2015, we're already in 2022. So they're oh, in their God. teens now, yeah. late middle school, 
they could be having podcasts next year, you know, and I (laughs) can't wait for it because I will be listening to all of the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. fan podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. And it's stuff like that happens faster and faster because we saw it with the original trilogy. It would like ebb and flow. You get, you see the hate, you see the love grow. We obviously saw it with the prequel trilogy, got a lot of hate. And now that those people are adults, we're seeing a lot of love for the prequels. And yeah, I think we'll see it happen again with the sequel trilogy much faster, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. I'm so excited. And I named my baby Daisy after Daisy Ridley, mm-hmm. so. Aww. That's beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that. it means more than I could even say, because my mm-hmm. daughter is now named after her. <laughs> well done. Thank you. All right, before we wrap this up, I want to go to the chat here. We have patrons who are listening, the Jedi Council tier patrons, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. Thank you. We asked female patrons to give us their favorite quotes from female characters in Star Wars. So Nick's going to read one or two. Uh, There's a great one in here from Megan Dutcher that I think will kick it off really well. Ahsoka says, you don't have to carry a sword to be powerful. Some leader's strength is inspiring others. What a smart lady, that Ahsoka. (laughs) She's pretty great. All right, one more. Into the garbage chute, (laughs) flyboy. That's my kind of quote. Yeah. Classic Leia. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Yeah. The sass. <laughs> the sass. And it's so spot on in Kenobi. It's so good. Yeah. Mm. That little girl is such a brilliant actor. Oh, she's just, wonderful. I would love nothing more than to see her, as as she as an actress grows, to see her do like a young Leia series. Oh, oh my that God. would be epic. Mm. That would be awesome. Give me all of it. <laughs> okay, can I subscribe to like her as a human, like I'll <laughs> yeah. pay like a hundred dollars a month for her to just continue doing whatever <laughs> she wants to do in the world. I'm sure she's paid well, never mind. But you know, <laughs> it's the thought that counts. All right, let's wrap it up. And I want to give each of you a moment to shout out your socials and everything. And also Molly specifically, you've been sharing a GoFundMe for abortion access that, did you start that or no? I can't remember who. No, uh, well, Lacey's sharing it as well. Uh, oh, we're, so, both, okay. we're both part of the, the group that, got involved to to share it it's called what choice so definitely definitely check that out is there a quick url for that or should we just direct people to uh gofundme.com slash what dash choice okay it's the url and i believe last time i checked it was like forty three thousand dollars we're trying to hit 45 and then obviously 50 would be the next thing so uh if you have anything to give we'd appreciate it if not if you could just share it that's great too mm-hmm. i understand times are times are tough <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the original goal was $5000 right so it's yes. yeah well past yeah. that nice yeah and it's specifically a star wars community organized and 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 focused gofundme project right mhm y- yes uh and yeah it's so cool to see like we were talking earlier to just blow past the people who are like only talk about Star Wars. It's cool to see Star Wars content creators come together to to create something like this. And we're raising like real money to put towards this. So it's it's great to see. Yeah, it's something to channel. <sighs> when the ruling happened, I immediately started crying. So it's one of those things that it's like, I took the anger and depression that I'm still feeling, but I was able to channel it into such a positive way over the weekend with all these people. And it was kind of like a support group where you were all you know, talking about things and kind of helping each other and lifting each other up the best way that fandom can. Um, And just to be able to be like, you know, I can't change the overarching big problem right now, but I can help with this. And that's Mm -hmm. what mattered to me because as someone that's had a child, it was 
probably the most, not probably, it was the most traumatic thing I've ever been through. And that was something that was successful. And my and I wouldn't change it. My daughter is beautiful. I, I'm so grateful for her and being a mom. But that is so traumatic and stressful and crazy and it had complications. I would never force anyone to go through that that didn't want to. And the fact that they're forcing people to do that and children is bananas is absolutely yeah. crazy and i could not stand by and be like yeah sure this is a great decision because i've been through it and it's not from the moment it happens to the 3 months after it is a tough tough period of time and it changes your life and some people a lot of people have expressed that if they didn't have the healthcare access to abortions their life would be completely different and that's not fair people deserve to have a choice well said yeah thank you <laughs> we'll go ahead and let people know where they can find each of you on social media and we'll wrap it up. Uh, you can find me at Molly Damon on Twitter and me and Alex, my husband, Alex are talking about star Wars all the time over at star Wars explained on YouTube. Who's that? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Lacey. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on Tuesdays and Thursdays on the resistance broadcast, the official podcast of star Wars newsnet.com. Uh, we actually have been doing Wednesday live streams for Kenobi, but now that it's over, we're back to our Monday and Thursday. Nice. I will add the link to the GoFundMe in the show notes, as well as your socials. If you want to follow this podcast on social media, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull. All my social media is at Nick Bayside. And on the latest episode, episode 51 of the Radio Radio Show, I talk a little bit more about what it means in a control sense, and a freedom sense, all of this stuff. So I speak a little bit more about that. And, and Lacey, I believe, or, or Molly, you said, uh, what happens after this as far as losing more freedoms? And to yeah. me, it's What's not. Next? Yeah, yeah, it's to me, this is all about control. And obviously, couldn't be more plain as day that this has nothing to do with about preserving life or anything like that, because there would be some nuance to these rulings if it was about preserving life and there is no nuance it's all about control so mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i talk a little bit more about that on uh, the radio show resist mm -hmm. you guys are a quality follow by the way i just want to throw <laughs> that out there on your socials thank you we do our best <laughs> as are you both when you. when we're not resisting things they have really great memes but right now <laughs> quality graphics <laughs> yes all right well molly and Lacey, thank you again so much for being here this has been a fun and valuable hour of our lives. Thank you. Yeah. I needed this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Patrons, thank you for listening along with us. And until next week, may the force be with you. 